Good morning, and welcome to Ovidas Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Penny C., and I am recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. Today is Friday, December 31st, 2021, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book. We are on page 157. We are starting with the third paragraph and reading through two paragraphs. So we're beginning with hopelessness was written on the man's face and ending today with that's me, I drink like that. Today's readers are Adele R., Barbara E., Pete B., Marge O., and and, um, the newcomer greeter will be Jason K., and the host for the second hour is Melissa C., The reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, December 30th, are these. The 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, 18,320, 18320. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, 18325, 18,325. The OA Preamble, OA is an ominous Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose is this. As stated in Tradition 5, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I'm now going to ask Adele R. to read the 12 steps for us. Good morning, Adele. Good morning. Thank you. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. 
praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Adele R. And now we're going to ask Barbara E. to read the 12 traditions of OA for us. Good morning, everyone. It is Barbara E. in New Jersey wishing all you people out there a wonderful, serene, abstinent New Year. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, overeaters should not, should, I'm sorry, should remain forever non-professional, but our service center may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you all for your service. Thank you, Penny. And thank you, Barbara E. Now, here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute yourself. Once you are done sharing, 
please let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 157, starting with the third paragraph and going through two paragraphs. So we'll begin with hopelessness was written large on the man's face and ending today with that's me, I I drink like that. And I'm going to ask Pete B. to begin the reading for us. Good morning, Pete. Thank you, Penny. Uh, My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace and mercy. Hopelessness was written large on the man's face as he replied, Oh, but that's no use. Nothing would fix me. I'm a goner. The last three times I got drunk on the way home from here. I'm afraid to go out the door. I can't understand it. For an hour, the two friends told him about their drinking experiences. Over and over, he would say, that's me, that's me, I drink like that. So, um, yeah, so once again, you have PP, compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy, and I'm uh, presently in Texas. But uh, in any case, uh, this, this brings, you know, a couple things to mind. You know, like in the previous paragraphs we read, um, how, uh, you know, two days later they went to see the man, right? Like, so they, 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 they uh, I don't, I don't know, maybe it was over the weekend, right? To me, it sounds like, sounds like this, this could be a Monday or a Tuesday for the compulsive overeater, right? Hopelessness was written large on the man's face. We're, you know, we, we, Monday and Tuesday or January 1 or the first week of January, that's usually the week of hopelessness, right? Like that's usually the, the time when, uh, when, when we're, we're, we're most defeated, right? After, after, a, uh, after a bender, right? And this guy's convinced, like he knows from his, from his experience, like he's hopeless. And it would be a tragedy in my mind if the, if, if the, uh, the, the two members of, uh, uh, or the founding members of this program were to rush in and try to immediately eliminate this feeling of hopelessness that the man had, because that's the, you know, that's, that's where the, that's, that, that's where recovery starts in hopelessness, right? And we have no, we don't have any business depriving any eater of their pain, right? If we take away a person's pain, it might kill them. Right, so the, you know, we, we need to, you know, I think what these what the, what these people did is they they approached this man, and emphasized the hopeless nature of this condition. Right, I, like I said, I think it would be a tragedy if they walked in and told them how wonderful their life was going to be. Look, you're going to get a sponsor. You're going to get to help others. You know, they're going to you know, tell them how wonderful their life was. No, they don't. They, that, that's not what they did. They went in there and and emphasized the the hopeless nature of the condition. Right, and if and if you if you're just get you know getting familiar with this book on page ninety one and ninety two and working that chapter working with others, talks about what we're supposed to do when we approach a prospect or a potential new member, right? And you know it's it's super important to under to to identify like does this does this person or do I have this fatal condition and 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 in a state of abstinence right like being dry is when we have to come to the conclusion because i don't know if anybody you know if anybody's like me but you know i am 
I am a, a, a eternal optimist when I have the substances in my body, right? There's always going to be another solution. There's always going to be like the next guru, the next plan. I'm always going to muster up the willpower necessary when I have that substance in my body. Like I become super, super delusional and very optimistic about the next thing that's going to happen as long as I'm putting that stuff in my body. Right. So, you know, it's when, it's when we, we, it's, it's in those dark, painful, incomprehensibly demoralized moments where I actually cap, where, where I actually arrive at the conclusion, I'm never going to get over this. These, these members experience it's like mine, and they came to the conclusion that they're no, never going to go get over it as well, right? So, like, the hopeless nature of the condition really needs to be emphasized. The job of these two members was not to come in and convince this person of hope. It was to convince them of the hopelessness. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Penny. Thank you, PP. And next, I'm going to um, – I will take some names who want to share, but first I need to remind us that we have, we, we ask you to share on the what was read, and stick stick to the topic. And if you have shared in the last two days, meaning on Wednesday or Thursday, uh, we value everything you have to say, but we'd like you to hold back and allow others to be heard today. And so, with that, uh, who would like to continue the sharing? Janice P. Gloria K. Gloria K. Janice P. M. Little M. F. Who was that? Rick Lisa. Barbara. Gloria K. Rick J. Bob E. And Gloria M. I've got Gloria. All right. Let me take one more, and then we'll 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 after these. Anita L. Anita L. That's all for now. Um, next time I'll ask for people who weren't heard on the first go-round. So I have Janice P.M., Katie F., Rick J., Barbara E., Gloria, and Anita L. And it would be good if you tell us where you're from when you share. So let's go to Janice P.M. Well, good morning, and thank you, uh, Penny. This is Janice P.M., a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. And uh, now this is um, th- this message that's written here for me is how to do a 12-step call. Um, by the grace of God, like Pete said, I'm recovered. So, you know, I have a special, um, uh, being recovered, I have a special message. And I have confidence that God has equipped me with um, the experience um, you know, of compulsive overeating, but it says hopelessness was written. Okay, well, he was in the hospital eight times. Naturally, I felt hopeless too after many relapses. And, um, you know, I, I, I seemed hopeless. I seemed hopeless because I tried my way so many times. So, um, and we give up, we give up. At least I did, I gave up until I was so desperate and um, this is what the, the uh, two men who were recovered, they could not give this gift to him, but they could, um, they certainly understood 
um, how doomed he was. Um, and of course, Bill D uh, was doomed in his head. He had a dilemma. Um, so now they went to work. Now they went to work um, because they could see that he was doomed and he was desperate. And you know, defeat brings success. Defeat of my own willpower. So he didn't go in there like was said, you know, saying, you know, God, this, this 12 steps, this, that. For an hour, these two men told of their own experience. They didn't preach to him and say, you were in the hospital eight times, now you got to do this, blah, blah, blah. Over and over, you know, uh, Bill D, the third potential member of AA said, that's me, that's me. I drink like that. Well, what they, you know, because Bill, uh, Bill and Bob told them how they were, how it was a disease, how they felt, how that it was a, um, a, a, a malady. And, um, you know, there was no use that they could fix it themselves. So, um, and the next problem, compulsive overeater, can really get to another compulsive overeater um, because they can identify with them. Yeah, that's me, that's me. So they told them how, how they were, they told them what happened and how they are now. So there was a lot of um, identifications, talking about myself, about the, the uh, malady, the physical sensitivity to certain foods. Um, and the mental obsession, like if, if I was sitting and watching TV, you know, the obsession of the mind, this, this ice cream in the freezer would come into my mind, and then I would have action and go to it. It was just, it, it was impossible, possible to get rid of it. So they, they told their own story. Yes, thank you so much, and I will pass. Thank you so much for, to you, Janice P.M., and next we have Katie F. Good morning, Katie. Good morning. I'm Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater. And <clears throat> I came to my first OA meeting when I was 14 years old and thought, I don't eat like that. I'm not that bad. They're crazy. These people are crazy. And so I went back out for seven more years to um, prove that I did not need the, this program. And it got worse. It got a lot worse. But then I spent six years in the room not really having hit bottom and not really thinking that I was that hopeless. I wanted what everybody had, but I really did not see that taking just one bite was um, <clears throat> the doom day for me. And so I can't do that for anybody else either. I can't make someone hit bottom. I can certainly share my experience and tell them, what it's like. And, you know, as the first sharer said, you know, it's not um, telling them how great my life is today is not enough of a con convincer to make someone want to work this program. Because if I have one, sh one um, little tiny glimmer of hope that I can get away with my eating just as once, then I'm going to keep doing it. And you know, until I knew at the bottom of my heart through a lot of pain that I was never going to be able to stop compulsively overeating if I continued the way I was, I was not willing to go to any lengths to recover. And that's what this requires of me. This requires 
me to be willing to do whatever my sponsor tells me to do and to um, take this seriously, whether it's New Year's Eve, Christmas Day, my birthday, uh, heavy traffic, whatever is going on in life, I can keep working this program and keep, um, keep the food down because I still have that very vivid, strong memory of what that last year was like before I got recovered, before I put the food down. I know exactly how I felt. I remember the volumes of food that I ate. And I know that this disease is progressive and it's patient and it's waiting for me if I decide that I have grown up, I've graduated, I'm cured, and I don't need this program anymore. And with that, I'll pass. And that was Katie F. Thank you, Katie. And next we have um, Rick J. Good morning, Penny. Uh, Good morning. My name is Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. Yeah, I um, was just thinking about the, you know, this message that we have to carry to others, um, which is a part of that vision. Um, you know, going through my own hopelessness, my own despair, um, and having someone carry a message to me to shine a light for me. Now it's my turn to be able to do that to someone else. And, you know, this, this is a promise that, that, um, you know, Bill and Bob were, were experiencing that no matter, uh, how far down the scale we have gone, we can see how our experience can benefit others, how our own hopelessness can benefit others, how our own despair can benefit others. Everything that we experienced, we are making that connection with them. We're being relatable to them. You know, it starts off, uh, you know, the chapter working with others, you know, in the 12th suggestion to carry that message to others. You can help when no one else can. You can secure their confidence where others fail. So if I have had that exact same experience, maybe it's a, a different movie, but it's the same director. You know, um, I know what they're feeling because I've been there and that's what I'm giving them. I'm giving them everything that they're experiencing through my own experience so they can make that connection with me so they can see that and not just see, but feel that I understand them completely and that I am here only to share that with them. And, you know, like we said, I can't give recovery to them, but I can give them me. And if they want what I have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then I will do anything I can to help them. That's what we have. That's what we do here. You know, if someone shines a light on me and I don't shine it for someone else, then I'm cutting off that connection with my higher power. Because really, that's what I'm bringing more than anything else is my connection with the God and my understanding to someone else, even if they don't understand exactly what that is I have. But that connection with me, that's what's transforming me. That's what led me from an alcoholic mind to a recovered mind is going through these steps and having that connection with a higher power. Now I'm getting to connect with someone else and show them the path of recovery and shine a light on the steps and shine a light on a path to a higher power. But I'm shining the light 
you know, on my own experience. So they can look in my eyes and they can see, I know, I know them. I understand them. And I love them. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rick J. And uh, Barbara E., it's your turn. Good morning, everyone. Barbara E. here in New Jersey, wishing you a happy, serene, abstinent New Year. Well, the words that jumped off the page at me were hopeless. Uh, what's the use? I'm a goner. The last times I got last time I got drunk, I the last time I went out and got drunk immediately. Well, that was me. And I can relate my experiences if the person wants to, truly wants to hear it, because hopelessness was all over my face when I first came into an OA meeting. And I wasn't put in a private room in an OA meeting, but a potential woman, a potential sponsor, a mentee, said, let's go out and sit in the hall and we'll talk together and see if possibly this is the right place for you. So that was sort of like being put in a special room in a hospital facility. And I said I was hopeless because I went to Weight Watchers and then immediately crossed the street in Livingston to um, Baskin Robbins. I was hopeless. I went to Weight Watchers and became a lecturer but I had candy in my pockets to eat on the way home. Nothing was going to save me. I was a goner. I knew I was going to die. I was losing my eyesight from morbid obesity. And the neurologist in the hospital said, Barbara, I think we need to wire your jaw shut. They did that in those days, way back in 1997. I don't know if they do that today. But my first thought when he said that was, oh, I could drink milkshakes through a straw. That's how crazy, that's how delusional I was. This disease wants me dead. It wants me suffering at least. And I could share my experiences with the person if the person was interested. And if the person identified in I said, I'll be willing to help you, but you've got to do the work. I'll just hold that lantern for you so that you don't trip on any of the roots. And sometimes when they did trip, it was a life lesson for them. But this is a wonderful, wonderful explanation of what a sponsor should be. And this is the perfect time of year because around New Year's, a lot of people feel desperate. They know that they're goners. So they come in by the hundreds, but they start to fade out by Valentine's Day. Well, if we're very lucky, we can keep them identified, keep them working, keep them feeling the, the absolutes, the honesty, the unselfishness, the purity, the love that we've gotten from Alcoholics Anonymous, because I don't know about you guys, but those bedevilments found on page 52, thank you, really did me in. So this is a beautiful program. You're wonderful people, and thank you for participating in my recovery. 
Happy New Year. Thank you, Barbara. And Gloria, your turn, and would you give us the initial of your last name, please? Gloria, we can't hear you. Hi, this is Gloria Kay, a recovered compulsive overeater in South Florida. Oh, I love I love the vision. What can I say? Um, I remember 35 years, almost March 35 years ago, uh, when I went to visit a friend of mine. He was a doctor for business, and he had started telling me how he lost weight and lost like a hundred pounds, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there and listening. I'm saying, yes, yes, yes. And then I, I think it was maybe the next day or the day after I went to my first OA meeting. And there must have been a hundred people was in Miami. And also I'm sitting at that meeting and saying, yes, that's me. That's me. That's me. And um, not that I had a lot of weight to lose. I, I, I was like, I, but it was it was the obsession and the way I I would go into stores and uh, be shopping and start eating a bag of something every time I went into this one store, and um, I couldn't stop. So thank you all for being here and happy and a healthy new year to everybody. Thank you, Gloria Kay. And next, Anita L. You're on. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. Uh, feeling very, very grateful right this moment and filled with my higher power's love. Um, and that's why I wanted to share this morning. Um, I so relate to Bill Dodson's story. Um, I'm that hopeless person. I am that gutter drunk with food. And uh, I am so grateful that nine years ago last week, I asked a woman to be my sponsor. And she said, well, I will sponsor you, but I require this of my sponsees. And one of the things was to listen to a vision for you every day. And I said, what's that? And then she shared and because of the fact of listening to this meeting, I, I just share with the newcomer and the people who are feeling really hopeless, there is hope here. These lines bring the message of recovery. And I had been in OA for 35 years. And I had learned a lot. And I had grown and I had years of recovery and I also had many relapses. However, coming to listen to this meeting every day and reading the big book, so now I've read it with all of you for over nine years, at least nine times through studying it, learning, understanding my disease more, I'm growing and I'm beginning to get better And, uh, you know, this time around, I feel like my higher power just loves me so much that God has given me a transformation that is beyond my wildest dreams. And to let you know what that might look like, my son trusted me enough 
on Sunday for me to share my story with a friend of his who he felt might need help um, from this disease. And I spent an hour and a half on the phone with this um, man. And uh, and this guy said, yeah, yeah, I know, I do that. And at the end of the conversation, he said, you know, I'm a compulsive overeater too. And that's how we carry the message, one to each other. But the gift is that my son is able to see that I am becoming transformed. I am changing. God is lifting me up and having me pause. That's such a miracle, you guys. You have no idea. I am now beginning to pause and ask God, what is the next right spiritual step to take? And that is so different for me. And because of that, I am living a life beyond my wildest dreams. And if it can happen for me, it definitely can happen for you because I am that corker who beats myself up. However, for today, I'm learning to love myself with the help of all of you guys. So Happy New Year. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. And together we can. And I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Anita L. And now before I ask for more names, let's remind everyone that we are reading today from page 157 in the Alcoholics Anonymous book, the third paragraph and the fourth paragraph. So we're starting with hopelessness was written large on the man's face, ending with that's me, I drink like that. And so I'm going to ask anyone who gave your name on the first go-around and I missed. Would you be first to give me your names now? Phil M. Devorah S. Sam S. Amy G. Wait a minute. Who was after Devorah? Linda D. Linda D. And did I hear Katie? No, Amy G. Amy. Amy G. All right. All right. Anyone else who would like to share? Sam S. Rhode Island. CMS. Carmela G. Okay, I'm going to stop there and let's see if we have enough time for everybody or more. Camilla. Okay, so here's who I have Phil M., Devorah S., Linda. Um, she'll tell me her last initial. Amy G., CMS, and Carmela. Uh, Phil, Phil, would you start for us, please? Thank you very much, Penny. I appreciate your service. Um, I don't often share how I ate, and, and yet it's really crucial to get that, you know, that recognition, that identification. So I thought I might share about that. How did I eat? Well, I ate with complete abandon. If I could have, I would have eaten all the cake in the cafe, every beautiful one of them. And when I was in a restaurant and having a meal, I really couldn't wait to get to the dessert part. And then, you know, years ago, they used to bring a trolley to the table and I was baffled. I I wondered how on earth I was meant to choose one um, or even then eat one and be satisfied. I really wanted to try them all out. And what I I wanted uh, was for everyone to go away and to leave me with this trolley of dessert. And I was convinced inside that I could have finished every one of the cakes or whatever was there. No problem. And 
then also when I would get uh, medicine and the medicine re require, you know, time uh, between eating, like one hour before food, which uh, I translate as also one hour after food. So that kind of meant like, you know, two hours without food. And to me, that was really cruel. And I just imagined that a lot of people were like me and just couldn't imagine getting two hours without eating. I would have been eating all day, grazing all day, every day. And when I first was told that I needed to have uh, put food down for 48 hours before starting the work, I was mad. I was really mad because <laughs> I thought if, I thought if um, I could do that, I wouldn't need the program. I had mistaken abstinence for recovery, which it definitely isn't. Um, anyway, in relapse, I ate my way up to 261 pounds at 16 and a half stone. And what did that mean for me? It meant so much. I'd eaten so much that I couldn't walk far. I needed a bath lift, a double incontinence, and it's very hard to clean yourself properly when you're so heavy. Um, I did manage to, but there was a lot of shame. I wore adult nappies and diapers, and um, uh, I couldn't uh, sit up. Or sorry, I couldn't lie down. I had to sit up to go to sleep because I had reflux. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm missing out. Is that somebody calling time? Um, <clears throat> I just I just couldn't go to sleep lying down. Um, and I didn't have bulimia because I couldn't make myself be sick. But the volume um, on several occasions made me almost sick and I was so ashamed. So and at night time, I would sit up to two or three in the morning watching rubbish TV <clears throat> and eating. And if I hadn't needed to go to the bathroom, I probably would have stayed on the sofa all night. So next day I would be appalled by the amounts of wrappers and things that were on the floor. And and I just was like, it was a stranger. Did I do that? Yes. Yes, I did. And the next day I started again. And life was not worth living. It was useless. I was no good to myself. I was no good to anyone else. And life has changed so much. But if you're eating like that, if you're eating like I did, we have an answer. Thank you so much for that, I'll pass. And thank you. That was Phil M. And next we have Devorah S. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much. And everybody, Wish I wish you all a happy and a healthy new year. My name is Devorah S. And I'm recovered in New Jersey. And um, that's me. I drink like that. That's me. I eat like that. Um, you know, that was the first coming into this program that this this was the first time that I was really able to say that out loud because so many places where I went to get help, I sat there and they lectured me and they gave me ideas and but they didn't understand. Nobody understood what it was for me um, to, that I had to finish every bag and every box. You know, how many times did I say, I'm not going to eat that or I'm going to just take one? Um, and the people that I spoke to, because I was, I, ha I was on this journey um, to find the right person who's going to help me, they didn't get it. They just said, like, you know, just stop, just don't, just you can do this. But nobody had what I had. And it's when I came into these rooms in 1999 and I heard people share their experiences, how they ate out of the garbage or they ate off of people's plates or they finished that pint of ice cream in the freezer and they had to buy another one so that nobody would see that they finished that one. This was my story. Those were my stories. 
and I kept coming back and, you know, and, and I, that's what, that's what kept me coming back because I wasn't alone anymore. I was hearing other people share my story from their mouths and, and I am so grateful for the people for, for helping me. Um, and, and it just put me in a place of, of belonging. I belonged here. And here I am all these years later, and I'm still here today. Why is that? Because <clears throat> I still need to hear these messages. You know, we, we, you know, it talks about we move beyond the food to, to grow, you know, to grow spiritually, to get closer to God. And that's why I'm still here today. You know, I, I, this is what I need today. When people tell me about their, how their thinking is, yeah, they're not, you know, I also, I relate to that. I'm not alone. You know, you're my people. We all, we think the same way. Um, and, and that's why I need to be coming here each day to get rid of that stinking thinking, to trust and rely on a higher power, um, to have the fellowship, to know that I'm not alone and, um, and you're here with me. And, you know, I got a shock today. I have a shock today for living the way God wants me to live. And uh, really, really grateful for that opportunity. And because of that, I'm able to share my experience, strength, and hope with another compulsive overeater and, um, and to validate their, their experience and to, know, and to show them that there's, there's a way out um, just by following you know, the, the, these simple rules laid out in this book. And, um, and I'm just so grateful to have this opportunity each and every day. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Deborah S. And Linda, would you give me the initial of your last name, please? Hi, Penny. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. Can you hear me? I can. Good morning, sweetie. Hi, everybody. You know who I am. I just said it. Okay. It's important that I know who I am. Um, I'm recovered, and it's a miracle, and I know it. And um, so what am I going to do with today? What is going to make today um, part of a new year, the beginning part, you know, the celebration and all that? Um the thing that better be new is me. I better be willing to grow. That means change. That means um, I don't even know what a comfort zone is. You know, it's like brief. Um, I have to do a lot of growing. And um, actually, it's not that brief. But the point is, I'm here because today. I'm here because I'm self-destructive with food. My brain chemistry did not change, uh, although, you know, I have an abstinent food plan and all of that, and it improves it a lot, um, but I still have a brain chemistry that is off, and, um, and I don't want to hear that when I'm new, but that's the truth, and um What's the other thing? Well, my thinking is upside down and backwards. And I think that my intellect is going to get me well. Well, it's going to help. And then it's going to screw me up because I have a lot of opinions that aren't true. And I'm going to find out here how to get to the truth. Well, the truth is God. Oh, I didn't want to hear it. 
But I heard it, and I listened, and I tried to open my mind. And eventually, when I was clobbered to death by my own opinions and failed repeatedly, I could find a higher power by doing what you all told me to do and what you tell me to do every day. Surrender to the truth. I am so grateful for all of you. You are my tribe. And my tribe has expanded to the whole world. And most of the time, I feel that. I really do feel love for people, whether I like them or not, whether I know them or not, whether I love them. I feel love. And I feel loved. And for that, I am so grateful. And I thank you for helping me to feel loved and to be loved and to know where to go to get love. It's right here and it's in the book. Thanks. Oh, thank you, Linda D. And next we're going to welcome Amy G. Good morning. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thank you all so much for an awesome meeting. Um, I, I too want to touch on this power, you know, the power of, of identification and, and how important that is. I mean, the first chapter in our big book is, is not how it works or more about alcoholism. It's, it's Bill's story, right? And how important that identification is. I mean, I don't know about you all, but when I walked into my first Overeaters Anonymous meeting and I heard them saying things that, you know, I thought I was the only one that did this crazy stuff with food. Talk about that saying, this is a disease that wants to get up in your head, isolate you and kill you and tell you you're the only one that does this crazy shit with food. And when I heard people talking about doing what it is that I did, you know, what it did for me, the power of that identification was that it brought me hope. I mean, yes, we, we, I mean, I can't convince someone of their hopelessness or, you know, take away their pain any more than I can convince them that they're a compulsive overeater and they need to do these 12 steps. They have to make that decision for themselves. But like myself and the guy, you know, the guy in this story, you know, who was the one sitting in the bed beating up nurses versus the two people standing in front of them talking to them about we've been there, right? you know, in suits and ties, telling their story of being in the trenches where he was. That identification brought me hope because what that hope did and why it's so powerful is that it motivated me to want to know more, right? They didn't try to convince him right away about the disease, but about the fact that they were there and they've been there and now they are not there anymore. And I was looking up definitions of, 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 of identification And it said, identification is a psychological process whereby the individual assimilates an aspect of the other person and is transformed by the model that the other provides. I wanted to know why these people in this Overeaters Anonymous meeting were transformed. I identified with them knowing that, yes, I ate like that. Yes, I ate like that. How did you get there? And I wanted to know more. Of course, there's so much more to that afterwards as far as action and faith without works is dead and finding a higher power. But the power of identification from a sponsor to a sponsee is so important because I'm not talking from a moral high top. I'm saying I'm there, but I'm on the other side. And I reach out a hand to you saying there is a way out. 
incredible. Hopelessness and hope at the same time. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Amy G. And next we have Sam S. Good morning, Sam. Hey, good morning, Penny. Thanks for leading. Hi, everybody. Good morning. My name is Sam S. I'm a recovered compulsive eater um, from Bristol, Rhode Island. Um, I I really love this paragraph. I love that, um, you know, like me, um, someone came into my life and said, you know, there's a solution. And I thought, nope. <laughs> I mean, how can that be? I spent five years um, in the rooms spinning my wheels and trying to find every other middle of the road solution. And, um, and each one stopped working. But um, in my delusion, I just tried it again. I figured if I tried it harder, faster, um, quicker, a little bit more severe, then, um, then I could beat myself into a state of reasonableness and I couldn't. And um, it wasn't until I got the identification um, from both um, the woman who guided me um, and the, and the other women that I get to, to do this with, um, I have not heard uh, one of the women that I respect that have told me like, yeah, I've totally got this. And, um, and you know, you can self, you can use self-reliance here and here and here and here. Um, it, it, doesn't work that way for me because I've tried it. And I think the hope that the hope that I had wasn't in me, but the hope was that all of the, the people that I was surrounding myself with weren't lying. They weren't all, you know, going behind my back and saying like, let's fool this girl and tell her that this works. They were giving me a radical um, new approach, which was working the steps and it didn't make any sense. It didn't, it, it, it doesn't. I mean, if I thought that I had a food problem, which I don't, but I thought, well, how is working the steps, doing inventory, um, doing all of this work, what is that going to do for my body weight? And um, what it has done is it's given me freedom in all areas of my life. And I'm not perfect. I fall, I stumble, I'm resentful, I am selfish, um, but I have um, a solution. I have a spiritual um, condition and if I am in the steps and in the program then I don't have to suffer and um, I'm just I'm really grateful I never thought that God would be the solution <laughs> um, but it is so grateful to be here thanks Penny appreciate it I'll pass thank you CMS and we're going to Carmela G now good morning Carmela Good morning, Penny, and thank you for all your years of service and for helping me this journey. Um, my name is Carmela G, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from New York. And these pages, this entire week, uh, Bill and Dr. Bob has showed me through reading these pages, and I've read them many times, how amazing their higher power was, to connect the two men, to bring them to the third um, man, and how resistance, when, when Bill met Dr. Bob, how he didn't want, he was stubborn, he was not going to make amends, and yet he was inspired to do it. And the hope that these pages have brought every single day teaches us two great facts 
and they are the primary principles of our program. Service to God and get out of self and do service to others. So throughout these pages, we have learned to get out of self and give service to another suffering human being. How? By living. By living a program of surrender, trust. And that is what I've learned this entire week by reading these paragraphs every single day and listening to the shares. And with that, I pass and wish you all a joyous journey throughout the year, one day at a time. Thank you. Thank you, Carmela G. And we have time for one more share. Vasa O. Who is it? Vasa O. Vasa. Vasa O. Go ahead, Vasa. Thank you, Penny, for your service. And good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, calling from Port Charlotte, Florida. And this is exactly how I felt when I came to Overeaters Anonymous. This was going to be my last thing. I said everything I had done in for those many years that to put the food down, it just did not work. And I had my Abby, the 12 step me for one week before I came to first my meeting, and um, and I let and she was a friend of mine, had been in over Eaters Anonymous for a couple of years, and she she surprised me like Bill had a surprise. She came to my house, and she shared her experience and told me about the program, how it works. I had no clue anything about the disease. I had no clue about the allergy. I had no clue about higher power or the 12 steps, but I had the gift of desperation, and I was so ready, and I was so willing to do whatever, whatever. And then going to my first meeting, it was a miracle. I could identify with people's stories. And, uh, and I remember saying, yes, that's me. That's me. And nobody had to convince me, you know, what I did with the food, you know. And I belonged there. And, the, you know, the good news was that I heard there was a solution there. And if I did what those people were doing that were recovering, and I would, I, and I, I, and I would be there too. And I needed to find a power greater than myself, self, and work the steps, go to meetings, use the tools, and uh, I, you know, I will get it too. And I did, and I haven't stopped it by the grace of God. I keep on doing. I keep on coming back. And my sponsor said, the only thing I want from you, Vasa, is just to give it away. There's no money attached to this. There's no friendship. There's nothing. I just want you to give it away freely the way you're given it. You've been given this gift. And it works if we work it. And I'm just so grateful. I don't have to have another New Year's resolution. I already have made up what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the same thing over and over the works. Thank you for letting me share, and Happy New Year to all of you. God bless. Thank you, Vasa O. 
And now we've come to the end of our uh, first hour of this meeting today, and thank you to everyone who shared and everyone who attended. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, Friday, December 31st, 2021, is 18,330, 18330. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Maj O please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Penny. Okay, go ahead. Thank you. Happy New Year, everyone. Maj O recovered in Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. Great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.